0: Giant Slayers podcast, our goal is to equip our listeners with both biblical and practical resources for their spiritual and mental health journeys. We'll cover a multitude of topics associated with mental health and well being from a Christ centered perspective with both professionals in the field and those with personal experience. Whether you're looking for support for yourself or for someone you love, whether in recovery from an addiction, dealing with depression or anxiety, healing from a hurt or trauma, or just going through a spiritual desert. Join us as we lean on one another and a God who'll never leave us in the journey. Much like King David of the Old Testament, who had his own mental and spiritual struggles, you too are a Giant Slayer with the help of a mighty Father. The Giant Slayers podcast acknowledges that the views expressed here are held by each individual who shares them and not to take the place of therapeutic care from a mental health professional, clinician, or provider. Let's dive in, Giant Slayers. Hi, Giant Slayers. We're here today with Jane Schmidt. She's the drug court coordinator here in Van Wert County and she used to be a former Celebrate Recovery leader.
1: Hi, Jane. Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me today.
0: Sure. Um, would you want to explain your position at Drug Corps and then just tell us whatever it is that you would like for us to know today?
1: Okay. Well, thank you. I wanted to just start with kind of an introduction of, of who I am and then also the job title. Um, uh, Drug Court coordinator is kind of part of what I do, but it's the main title. I'm also... Um, intensive outpatient program coordinator. So my employer is Westwood Behavioral Health, and we help folks with SUD, substance use disorder. So Mm -hmm. my clients are those who are fighting um, addictions to alcohol, opioids, um, and stimulants uh, for the most part, sometimes prescription drugs, which fall into those two categories too. But many times they're court ordered. Other times, though, they can come to us through referrals from say, a family doctor, a therapist, um, or even self-referrals. They're ready to get help. They realize they want to beat this, but it takes a lot of support and help. Yeah. So some of my folks, though, are court-ordered, and then some of those are, uh, are able to get into drug court, which it's similar to intensive outpatient. It's just a little more accountability. They're standing in front of the common pleas court judge twice a month, Um, And all their activities, so the things that we measure, drug screens, Mm -hmm. attendance to group therapy and individual therapy, peer support groups like uh, NAAA, Celebrate Recovery, and then also um, case management. We assign them a case manager. And so when they do all positive, they present all negative, excuse me, all negative drug screens from Mm -hmm. the last time they saw the judge. And they met all their other requirements, attendance-wise and hours-wise. They um, they are called hundred percent, and they stand in front of the judge. So all of those things are just weighted heavier. They're required of our intensive outpatient uh, clients, but in drug court, they're standing before the judge, and we're presenting those things. And when they get a hundred percent every time they go before the judge, um, it's a big deal. We celebrate mm-hmm. that, and so. I started this position last fall. Um, I come out of a background of manufacturing, management, uh, human resources. And then um, several years ago, two and a half, three years ago now, I broke out of that. That was a whole thing, which was a very good experience and yet very difficult. Um, And God put me in economic development and I worked for economic development here in Van Wert for almost two years as a workforce development manager. And I would find people jobs and I would be in the schools talking to kids about important things about finding work and finding work that you love and staying in Van Wert County. And Life I loved, skills. Yes, <laughs> li- life skills and how to present yourself and how to uh, just be successful and do it here at home. You don't have to go away for a degree. You don't have to go away for a great career. There are many great employers here and how can we connect you? How can we help? with the mm-hmm. cost, um, or the, the resources. Um, so I loved that. But, um, in a, in about a three week period, three different, um, opportunities presented themselves mm-hmm. that were in the social work slash ministry field. And uh. I was <laughs> not looking, I was not looking. And I, but when those three things happened and they came to me, Um, I thought, you know, what are we doing? God? Yeah. (laughs) This is uh, a calling maybe. Yes. And I'm like, I'd never thought of this kind of thing before in so many words. Um, after a while, the other two kind of faded away. This one just kept coming up, coming up, coming up. And every time I try to argue against it, that doesn't (laughs) sound like me. I'm not a good fit. That doesn't, I'm not sure I could get into that. Um, those myths were busted. It was like, <laughs> no, this is all good. It's not what you thought it was. It's going to be a good ride. And um, I'm so pleased that I heard God's voice and I'm where I am. I feel like it's just a super fit. And I feel like my last position prepared me for this. And as a believer, I do believe in my heart that everything I'm going through now is to prepare me for what's next. Yeah. Whether it's a career or a hard thing or a new thing. Uh And so I was just I'm very happy there. My employer is fantastic. My job as drug court coordinator, especially I am working a lot with common pleas court probation and with the judge and um, every county in in Ohio. So 88 there are 88 counties in Ohio. Right. Every county has at least one drug court. Ours is adult drug court. There are actually youth drug courts and other what is called specialized dockets, so Mm -hmm. veterans court and other courts. Um, But most counties, their drug court is run by an employee, employed by the common police court. Our situation in Van Wert and Paulding counties is unique. Uh, Both of the drug court coordinators there work for Westwood, and I think Mm -hmm. it's a really good fit a good dynamic because then I am handling also clients that are in intensive outpatient, which is part of the drug court requirement. It's uh, 14 to 15 hours a week. They're required Mm -hmm. to be in therapy and case management. And it's really to help them with life skills, with living life sober. And so we also have grant money funding that we use. Um, that helps pay for gas and bills and phone service and rent. Because when you're so intensely working on the things you need to work on, it's difficult to have outside work, especially if you're raising a family or you have other obligations. And so that's one part of it that folks sometimes don't realize that we help with. But it's so rewarding for me, and I believe it's very good for our clients to realize we will help you succeed in many ways. So that you can, once you are uh, away from our services, you have all the support, the skills, the experience, the knowledge that you need to do this successfully. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of times folks will, will finish our intensive outpatient program because they meet so many attendance times. But sometimes they'll just come back and visit and say, you know, these are the people that ha- are working on the same thing I'm working on. This is good stuff. In group therapy, we have a licensed social worker and an SUD counselor. She's a specialist who holds those trainings and therapies and just does such a beautiful job of sometimes 12, 13, 14 people in the room. And um, she's doing it via telehealth. So it's, it's a challenge, but it's so good. She's good at what she does. And I believe we are giving skills about relapse prevention and, um, early recovery, things you need to be aware of what's happening in your brain physically, physiologically. Um, and how do you go about restructuring your life? Because we're asking you and you're being challenged to change how you spend your time, how you spend your money who you hang out with. And sometimes that even means family relationships, right? Sometimes our world talks about toxic relationships, but really things that maybe there's never been a boundary or there's, there's a lot of hurt and angst and regret and just a history that is difficult. And so how do you Look at those relationships. How do you manage those? How do you Yeah,
0: it can be generational. Absolutely. The substance use. Absolutely. Yeah, and this all is how that. my
1: family has always been dealt with stuff. Yeah. yeah. We there are no sober clean people in my family and so how do you with those connections, with those bonds, still have healthy boundaries and how do you how do you communicate that? Mm-hmm. In fact, one of our group therapies is called family education where it's an hour a week. They come, the clients come and they bring a family or a friend. Family would be best, but a support person who, mm. right along with them, is getting educated about the physiological effects of of addiction and what, what is happening and what withdrawal looks like and how um, what things you can control and what things you can't control. And that family member is learning right along beside you, right alongside you to help support you and encourage you and just get educated and enlightened. And sometimes I'll bring in volunteers to help in that role because like you alluded to, sometimes there are no sober supports in my family or in my circle of influence or my sphere. And so I need some help with that. And so I've often heard from those folks who um, are risk takers. They're willing to come sit and figure out what this is about and volunteer once a week to sit with a, that person and they, they'll they say to me, you know, this is invaluable. I am learning so much. I had no idea and it's helping me in my family and in my relationships and in my, she, she works in um, a social work uh, um, agency and she says it's helped in that work as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we just provide lots of support, lots of training. It
0: sounds like, um, drug court rather than, Common pleas court or regular court, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> municipal court. Um, they deal with uh, the person's issue mm-hmm. and with whatever their action was. Whereas drug court uh, deals with the whole person mm-hmm. at, to help them rebuild their lives.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Is it in lieu of going to jail, or?
1: There is, um, does
0: it just depend on,
1: well, um, there is what's called treatment in lieu. So that's in lieu of conviction uh-huh. and that's not the same thing as drug court. Um, but we are starting to see clients come through from treatment in lieu. So in lieu of getting a conviction, in lieu of going to jail, the courts recognized, look, if this person's serious about their recovery and they've already shown some, um, desire and some commitment to this process, we will give them that instead. And it's rigorous as well. Drug court is, um, you have to be kind of recommended. Your therapist has to start kind of the ball rolling with this person would be a good fit. Um, and then a, a board, a team determines whether or not they're a good fit and it's optional. They don't have to go to drug court route. Other folks have said, no, I don't want to go to drug court. I don't want to stand before the judge twice a month. I don't think I need all of that intensive outpatient instead is where I'm going to remain. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. And um, let's see. So we help with finances. We help with education. There's a client right now currently going after their GED. So we help pay that cost. We help them if they wanted to take a prep course to get ready, we can help with that. We help with transportation um, bills. As I mentioned, Um, we help, find treatment centers for folks. So let's say they believe they want to be in drug court. They want that high ability, high accountability. Mm -hmm. They want that the rigors of that, but they really understand. And so do the courts that a treatment facility is what's needed first. They need to get their head around not using that drug every day or every week or whatever their habit is. And so we help coordinate that, set them up, transport, stay in touch with those folks so my job is, is um, kind of a liaison between all the parties that help that individual start their journey on sobriety or continue it or get back on it. We have people that have been in drug court more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, there are four phases to drug court. Um, as you move through the phases, your accountability lowers because we expect by at least third phase you would have a job, maybe even a full-time job. So we, um, you don't appear in court as often, but every time you phase up, there's a celebration, there's an application process, there's a celebration mm-hmm. whenever you get 100 Like an,
0: I'm sorry to, not to interrupt, but I had a question about that. So it's a application process to the next phase. Right. Oh, gotcha. So you. they
1: prepare it and they, um, mm-hmm. they think about what are the goals that I had coming into this phase and how have I done meeting them? And it's in all categories, my physical health, my probation compliance, Mm -hmm. um, my, my career goals, my education. And so it has them evaluate in writing the goals they've met and the goals they have for the next phase. And then they're required to have probation, myself, several others sign that document. And then they present it in drug court to the judge in front of their peers, so in front of the other drug court participants. And once that is completed, then they get a certificate. They get their picture with a the judge. They phase up to the next phase, and again, it's it's a little less um, rigorous by that point. By the time they've gotten to the second phase, they've completed the IOP. The rigorous 15 hours a week mm-hmm. of, of therapy. They're still doing um, other things. They're meeting with their case manager and their one-on-one therapist, but. They're weaning themselves off those resources, and um, they're picking up employment. Um, sometimes we're helping them reunite with their children because CPS has been involved, um, helping them manage relationships. Um, but Yeah, so we celebrate that. And then when someone graduates drug court, it is also an application process. And then um, once they graduate, they get a certificate. We have a party that's just amazing. <laughs> we celebrate them. They get gifts. Uh, we put their picture in the paper. It's just, it's a fantastic way to celebrate them. And uh, I mentioned that sometimes folks find a need to repeat drug court. Um, and I, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I failed the first time. And I think, no, you didn't fail. You were mm-hmm. successful. In fact, one client said to me, I, I graduated during COVID and I didn't end up getting a graduation party. I didn't get a certificate would you make me up a certificate? I need to have that in front of me mm. as I go into drug court this, court this second time because I know I've done it before and I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And I think we all lose our way in yeah. various ways. Sometimes the price is higher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, we are all about celebrating the small victories, everyday things, the mm-hmm. breakthrough in a relationship, the um, I paid my rent, three months in a row all by myself myself. (laughs) (laughs) on time (laughs) absolutely or you know even smaller than that i would say i instead of dodging my creditor who keeps calling i called ahead of them calling me and i said look i'm gonna be a little late with the power payment this week or this Mm -hmm. month yeah and just I, i that's a huge victory to me and i we celebrate that so I'm kind of the cheerleader, but I'm also the hand, the heavy hand, because I'm drug screening folks three times a week. And so they're Mm -hmm. random, they're surprised. And, you know, I'm learning along with them, but I'm also that um, voice that's like, okay, I have to report this to the judge if they're in drug court. I do report that to the probation officer, whether they're in drug court or not. And we're working through you know how did this happen when did you use why did you use what were you thinking what led up to it mm-hmm. and really analyze what was going on in the mind way before they did that what path. was their trigger yes and the path mm-hmm. you know and I'll have clients say I have no idea okay well let's sit down and analyze that I have other clients say oh yeah I remember 3 days prior saying I will use as soon as mm-hmm. x happens I you know as soon as I get that paycheck or as soon as I see so-and-so. And so, again, just analyzing and helping them with goals and motivation. Like, what do you want for your future? What is it going to look like in five years? What do you want your kids to remember about mom's time when it was difficult? How do you want them to live in the future? How? Mm-hmm. What are things going to look like? Who do you want to be? And so really evaluating that and then helping them get there.
0: Yeah. That's that's great. Mm-hmm it sounds like you drug court walks alongside of them through yes. what should be like the worst time of their lives absolutely
1: so it, and to realize yeah. yeah it's it's um very difficult even if they want it you know even if they're all in and i'm ready uh-huh. to change my life yeah. just the fact that change is hard anyway and then yeah it is just it's it's a radical change it's a 180 uh-huh and so um
0: Yeah. It sounds like, too, that you try to get to that your Celebrate Recovery uh, training comes into play. Absolutely. Because Celebrate Recovery talks about getting at the root Mm -hmm. of what makes you do whatever it is that you do. Yes. That you want to break that cycle.
1: Right. One thing I appreciate about Celebrate Recovery is that addresses all hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And I find that a lot of folks um, stumble into or use drugs. Um, Maybe it was an experiment at the beginning or maybe a friend showed them and they felt this wonderful feeling initially. But they found that it met a need. It filled a gap. It it Mm -hmm. calmed down emotions or it blocked out emotions or it blocked out memories or it masked hurt. Mm -hmm. And so um, they found something... They stumbled upon something that actually met a need at the time. And so, um, you know, to get to the root, as you say, of what is it anger? Is it hurt? Is it fear? You know, what what have I gone through in my past that, um, you know, this is how I coped to survive <laughs> in so many words. And now that very thing is killing me. Right. You know, it's something that I have to get past if I want to live and I want to live life to the fullest you know, I yeah. think of in Luke 18, there was a blind man who um, was, was by the gate called Beautiful. He, he laid there every day. His friends or whoever, the courtyard folks would bring uh-huh. him every day to lay there and beg. And Jesus heard him crying out when he was going past. And the gentleman said, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, come, come to me, help me. And, you know, Jesus' question to him was, what can I do for you? Now he knew the man was blind, and the man had been blind a long time. But he said, uh-huh. "What can I do for you?" And that question of, of "I want to help you. How can I help you?" But what do you want? What do you need? Are you willing to give up everything you right. own? Right? Do you exchange? want to be healed? That's right. Yeah. Do you want to live? Do you want to? Um. Do you want to risk everything because it is a risk to step out of your current situation? No matter how uncomfortable it is, it's familiar. It's uh-huh. familiar. And I think what did that gentleman had to have to give up if he'd been blind all of his life and now he had to um, care for himself and he had to pay work his own for bill. a living, yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: and rather to, than yes. beg for a living. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
1: had no skills, had no training, had no credibility, had no credit. Yeah, you know all the things that you build all your life to get to, even just social ish, you know, social um, norms and. You know, how do I approach people and how do I go?
0: I on? had a friend that had um, a really, really stormy patch in her life, a long stormy patch. And she said when it was over, she was happy for it to be done. But she said, you know, I wanted to be at peace in this and have an absence of the chaos but I don't know what to do with the absence of the chaos.
1: Absolutely, if it's all yeah. i have ever known, how do I now it function? Day to day yeah. Day? In fact, you know, our our therapist will often challenge people in our early reco- recovery class. Is your life was drugging, running, gunning? It was exciting. You were running from somebody, looking over your shoulder, hiding um, this, doing that—a life of secrecy and just high energy and trying to. And a lot of folks will say, you know, I thought back then I was managing well. I had my addiction, but I was still whatever, paying my bills or keeping my job or raising my kids. And then you really start to analyze it and you realize, no, I wasn't doing anything well. But to the point of the total life change The therapist will challenge folks like now your life seems boring, mundane. You're supposed to get up every day at the same time. You're supposed Uh, to do these routines. You go to bed bed early. Show up up at therapy. You're supposed to drug test when we tell you to go to probation, check in, fill out these forms, get this appointment figured out. Um, And so, you know, just helping them understand that we want to have fun with you. We want to teach you new skills because if you're not having fun in recovery – you're not going to stick with it. So one of the, the kind of mindset shifts is having fun without the drug and living life to the fullest apart from that chemical substance and being all there and being present and able to celebrate good things and sit through bad things and be able to deal with that because forever, however long you've been using that drug, you've been using that to get away, to escape and get out of those things. And so Um, just to recognize that the drama might have been normal. Maybe that's the family of origin. Drama was part of it, the chaos. Uh And now you're raising your kids that way or you're living your life that way. And just to realize that um, being calm and being at peace and taking care of yourself and taking care of your body and looking at alone time, not as isolation and loneliness but as a time to think and meditate and really just figure out who you are and rest your soul. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of resources, if somebody um, feels like they may need something like this, Mm -hmm. but but they're not compelled to do it, Mm -hmm. they're not prompted by core or anything like that, how can they reach out? What is their best way of reaching out?
1: Absolutely. So here in a minute, I'm going to give lots of community resources. Our community is very rich in providing resources for those who would want to get help with any kind of addiction or behavior that they want to dump. They're ready to get rid of it. Uh-huh. But we'll start with just saying, you know, if you're not currently a Westwood client, give us a call. We have what's called an open assessment where um, you can fill out the paperwork and come in with it prepared three or four different times a week where it's just kind of a lottery. When you show up with your paperwork complete, if you're the first person in line, you're the first person to have an open assessment. But that's always the first step is to have an open assessment. What are the issues you're dealing with? Um, We treat mental health issues and we also um, treat substance use disorder issues. And so um, sometimes there are clients that have both issues and so we sort through that but it's good to have a therapist evaluate you and determine what the need is and then what services are would best suit your needs because there's a lot of different levels of service. And then with your help, with your um, buy-in, those things can happen. Obviously, it's up to you. Your healthcare, your your future, what you decide to participate in or not participate in is up to you. But we can show you what the resources are. Um, And so it might be one-on-one therapy, it might be case management, it might be group therapy, um, it might be our women's group or a men's group. A lot of folks are enrolled in that. Um, They have substance use disorder and some of them mental health issues as well. But to sit with other folks who are working on themselves and hearing from a licensed therapist in a group setting is very therapeutic, Mm -hmm. sometimes very difficult for folks. But um, this is, you know, how we start. Um, getting folks acclimated to being more socially um, comfortable, and you know, getting along with others, because relationships are the number one, you know, challenge I would say we have in our lives. We all have relationships, and we all want them to be good, and they're not all good. So, how right. do you manage those things? When it comes to other resources, you know, one of the things that we require of our IOP clients and also our drug court clients is this peer support, um, hours. If you're in drug court, you're required to complete three hours a week. If you're just in IOP, it's one hour a week. So I have here a list and, um, this resource is available, um, at our agency at Westwood, but there's also a website that you can go to called local help now. Mm-hmm. And it has not only a 24 hour hotline, but it has all these groups I'm going to mention And it has national groups. So if I am interested in an N.A., Narcotics Anonymous, on my trip to Florida next month, I can find out where those are located. Meetings are, yeah. Yes. Or there's online meetings that are available. Um, Same way with Celebrate Recovery. I could go find out where a Celebrate Recovery meeting is. So um, local help now, I would encourage anyone who's interested to get on that website um there's also an app you can download to your device I have the app on my phone just in
0: case I need to (laughs) help somebody out and it has uh practical resources too like the food pantries housing
1: options yes absolutely all
0: kinds of things
1: and um it covers Van Wert Mercer and Paulding counties. so as a resident of any of those counties you are privy to those resources and so that's a really good um help also um The list that I mentioned of local groups, there is one, at least one peer support group every day of the week, Monday through Sunday, and they're all different types. So Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a seven recovery on Tuesdays. Um, The Salvation Army has a Narcotics Anonymous, Celebrate Recovery we mentioned. And um, this list is just very helpful to show the times. Most of them are evenings, so if someone's like, I'm a second shift worker, that wouldn't work out. There are weekends as well. I'll just highlight those. There's an 8 p.m. on Saturday, um, an Alcoholics Anonymous here in town, and then also uh, a 2 p.m. on Sunday at Westwood Behavioral Health. It's also an Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know sometimes people say, well, I'm not an alcoholic. Alcoholic is not my drug of choice. I don't really think I should go to that one. Well, if you have any kind of addiction issues, you might find that helpful. I always tell clients, you know, try several different peer support groups and try them several times. Just don't go once and make a judgment. Say, oh, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah, try several times and try several different types of groups. They would welcome you. Yeah.
0: Well, Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. And thank you. Maybe next time we'll talk about one of those list of topics that we had talked about Absolutely. <laughs> before. We'll I was path. like, "Yep." Thanks a lot, Jane. You are Thanks welcome. for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you or someone you love is experiencing thoughts of suicide, having a mental health or substance use crisis, or any other kind of emotional distress, you can text or call 988 to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or text for hope to 741 741, the crisis text line. Stay in the word, Giant Slayers.